This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Uh, We want to welcome you uh, if this is your first time, uh, if you're a first-time visitor, please fill out a card. Uh, oh, wait. This, this is a podcast. We don't have cards. Anyways. I was like, oh, he changed the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. This is Matter of Theology. We talk about things that are theological, which is pretty much everything. That's why it's called Matter of Theology, because you can basically uh, – bring the theology out of whatever you're talking about or take everything back to theology. That's, that's that, right. I mean, that's, that, that's the whole gist of it. Uh, just in case you were wondering, you're tuning in, you're wondering why is it called matter of theology? That's why we're going to talk about that today. We're going to, and yeah, and we we're going to talk gonna about, talk about that. that today. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, we are on the Christian podcast community. You want to check out other Christian podcasts, head on over to striving for Can I give a shout out real quick? Give a Uh, shout out. Man, I I listened to an episode uh, this week of uh, Voice of Reason Radio, um, and they are also on the Christian podcast community, uh, Chris and and Rich. And uh, they, um, uh, Chris is going to be at the Cruciform Conference. I know you're about to talk about that here in a second. But but, uh, man, just want to give a shout out to them. They did an amazing episode about uh, our minds being free in Christ um, out of Ephesians 4. Um, and, and they did, did a wonderful, I mean, a, just a wonderful job at unpacking that. So Chris Rich, uh, number one, thank you guys for your ministry. Uh, number two, thank you for the shout out at the end of the show. That was kind of cool. Yeah, um, that was very cool. and, um, yeah, go check them out. Voice of reason radio, check them out, do it. You know why voice of reason is important because we all true? have to use our reasoning skills in order to make decisions, right? So some of us. Well, some of us do, some of us don't. Well, uh, yeah, some of us don't, uh, which is which is why America is the way it is right now. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. But if you want to learn how to use your reasoning skills, just go listen to them. Yeah, uh, it's it's awesome. But you did mention cruciform, so I did. Uh, if you are not heading to cruciform at the end of October, why? I don't know what you are doing with your life. I mean, seriously, this is going to be 
an awesome conference. You know why? Because it's on holiness. How many conferences have you been to where the topic was holiness? I've never even heard of a conference that did a that that did the topic of holiness. Ligonier did. They don't count because they cover everything in every possible. <laughs> they don't, dude. It's like <laughs> you go. This this is this is basically what you just did. You just I, I basically said who has ever been president that has exemplified these qualifications, and you were like George Washington. That's pretty much the the equivocation that you just make. You know what? He doesn't count. He was the first one. He doesn't count. He was the first one. Okay. Anyways, holiness is the topic. You're going to want to go check it out because there's going to be topics like holiness in worship. We need to approach worship with uh, in a, a holy way. Come on. I mean, have you ever thought about that? The way in which you approach worship? Most of us don't. Why? Because most of us are taught we need to, that's where we need to free our mind. We need to let go and let the music kind of woo and, and guide us. No, we don't. That's the point where we actually need to engage with what we're saying and what we're singing out of our mouth. Why? Because that ministers to the people around us and the people around mm. us that are singing, they're ministering to us as well. So Man, how we on. approach worship matters and we need to approach it in a holy manner. Also, another topic that's going to be talked about, and I'm kind of excited because I threw this one out there and someone's going to be talking about this and it's going to be holiness in how you approach scripture. Man, yes, yes, sir. Uh, so originally, uh, I mean, for for the friends of mine out there that know my background uh, as a worship leader, worship pastor, and I uh, say friends, not pretend friends. Yes, actual actual <laughs> friends, not uh, not 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 the faux friends, the fake friends. Um, not the um, ones that are like, "Yo, bro, let me get that, let me get that new that new MacBook, dog." Right, right, right. Exactly. So, so uh, we were chatting last week uh, as a, as a ministry team with Cruciform and um, trying to come up with a topic for someone else, actually. Um, and um, and man, Drew dropped this bomb of uh, of holiness and how we approach Scripture. And so, um, I immediately was like, okay, well, if this person that we're trying to come up with, if they want to take holiness and worship, I will gladly take this. Um, this has been right up my alley lately. Um, and so, yes, I will be preaching on, and, and I have landed on a title for this. And I haven't told you this, man. This is, this is breaking news. Uh-oh, you heard this it breaking here. news. You heard it here. So the, the title of uh, the topic that's been assigned to me will be, and I quote, holiness in holy applying the holy scriptures. Nice. That's a lot of holy there. Yeah, different spellings of one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, <laughs> holy word usage, Batman. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, you guys, you got to come to the Cruciform Conference. It's in, uh, it's in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, um, October twenty third and twenty fourth. You've got Pastor Gabe Hughes. Um, you've got Justin Peters, Anthony Mathenia, Mr. Andrew Rappaport will be there. Uh, you have got uh, Jeffrey Johnson. Pastor Jeffrey Johnson is going to be there. Uh, Matter of Theology will be doing a uh, live uh, in-person podcast the day before at the pre-conference. Yep. Um, and that pre-conference's topic is going to be on abortion, um, which is huge. So uh, get your tickets. 
Don't wait. You know, one of the things Don't that's delay. cool, that's really cool about the topic being on abortion is because we're going to be with a lot of people. Uh, they're going to be in attendance. A lot of people yeah. that do abortion ministry. Yes. That go yes. out to the abortion yes. mills and proclaim the truth of God's word at the abortion mills in order to save the lives of children. Uh, right. So that is going to be uh, very awesome. It's going to be awesome to have them in the room. Um, but you, man, going back to your topic. Yeah. This is this is such an important topic. Oh, because, man. Because, uh, and I was just thinking about this while you were saying it, because... You've heard you, you guys have heard us the the past couple of months talking about CBI Cruciform Bible Institute, That's right. of which I teach preaching. I teach the foundations of expository preaching, and, and does one a phenomenal of the, job. May I say? Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I hammer into my students is their approach to Scripture. So the majority of my classes, we're looking at scripture and how we read it, how we approach it, That's how right. we apply it, how we preach it. Mm. Because what you need to do, what you need to be able to do as one of our listeners is be able to open a text, gain the context, know what's going on and rightly apply it. What I seek to do with our students is help them be able to draw out what the what the scriptures say and then communicate that in an effective manner right to the people that they're going to be preaching to and let mm -hmm. me tell you they do a fantastic job yes they do one of them yes, they do. just preached this past sunday yeah i need to go listen to that is it online uh yes it should be on facebook okay cool did you listen to it no <laughs> Not sure. I haven't but, either. Well, this is this is this is because uh, he sent me his ma his manuscript. So I have. Oh, that's read right. It. He did. He did. So I've he read did. it. Cool. And it is, man. I can't just from reading it. I was saying, Amen, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Oh, all awesome. over the place. That's awesome. Um, and so just reading that and and what he did with that, I was blown away. Uh, wow. <clears throat> but enough about that. Let's move into our topic. What are we talking? Well, that's about? a good brother. That, that's actually a great segue, and you didn't know that. You didn't know that you were segueing well, but you were. Bro, um, that segue was so dangerous. You need to ride a helmet, dog. I mean, you need to wear a helmet. Oh my! On a segue, I just, you know what? Oh my! Dad joke. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's good there's good dad jokes, and then there's bad dad jokes, and that, that was, was okay. That was that was, that that was, was like a well, it would have been better if I didn't butcher it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. Um, now segueing, um, you know, the, uh, the great uh, uh, Dutch theologian, uh, Herman Bavink, says this, quote, God and God alone is man's highest good, period, close quote. And as the late Dr. R.C. Sproul once stated, and it's actually in our intro, he says this, quote, that's the problem with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is period, close quote. And A.W. Tozer said it well in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He said, quote, what comes into our minds when we think of God is the most important thing about us. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most pretentious fact about any man is not what he at at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like, 
period, close quote. However, we continue to see throughout the whole of those professing to be evangelical Christians is that we don't know the God we say we love and worship. Studies like what Ligonier Ministries just released, uh, actually with the last two state of theology surveys, continue to confirm this, this, this unfortunate thought and truth. The way we see professing believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to emphasize the word professing, not possessing. What we see, the way we see professing believers in the Lord Jesus Christ respond to the socioeconomic and political climate continue to confirm this as well. And this is a problem. Most, like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, have no idea what they're reading when they read their Bibles. Now, notwithstanding the command that we are all called and commanded to study our Bibles and to know what our Bible means by what it says and how that applies to me in, in my everyday life, again, notwithstanding that command, we in the church have a problem of severe malnutrition when it comes to the content and resolve that is coming from the pulpits or platforms in some churches. And, and you know, th that's one of the reasons that we started this podcast. Now, not that we thought that we had or have some higher knowledge or that we had, quote unquote, arrived uh, or that we could do better or, or we just wanted to try and create controversy. But we saw that, and again, for the most part, that Christians are incredibly ignorant on matters of theology. And, and, and you've heard us say this before, and this is, a, uh, this is a, an idea that, that if you've read the book Expository Apologetics by Dr. Vody Bauckham, he says that theology isn't just for the elite, the Navy SEALs of Christianity. Uh, theology is for all who would call themselves believers. And all of us as believers, we are called to be and are, whether you want to or not, theologians. I believe it was the great and the late uh, J.I. Packer who said something to the effect, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I couldn't find the exact quote, but every time we open our mouths to talk about God, we're being a theologian. Will you be a good one or a bad one? And, and so th there have been some in the past to say things like this. I have no interest in being a theologian. In fact, I have heard a pastor say those very words. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you, Christian, that's not an option for you. We as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ cannot escape theology. So I'm going to pause right there, Drew, and uh, man, let, let, you, let, let you comment on, on what we've talked about so far. Um, and uh, man, let's just kick off this conversation. Yeah, that's, you know, one of the things that, that does blow my mind is one, the lack of uh, biblical literacy uh, in professing uh, Christians. And I like the way you, you stated that, professing and not possessing, but professing believers, uh, their, their biblical illiteracy, but mm -hmm. then also their lack of understanding as to what theology is. Right. Uh, they don't understand that simply talking about God makes you a theologian. Because if you look at the, the definition 
of theology. It's the right. study of God. Now we can we can expand that out and expand that deeper and say, oh yeah, uh, the study of God and divine things that come forth from God's word. So the scriptures. So we we look in the scriptures to see what God says about Himself. Uh, and then we, we build our understanding of God of what he says about himself. Right. Uh, so every time, like every time you do a Bible study, yeah. right. You're engaging in theology. Every time you do a personal That's devotion, right. well, you're engaging in theology. Uh, you every don't, time you share the gospel. Every time you share the gospel, you're engaging in theology. Uh, now one of the things that people also don't understand and again, this goes back to the name of the show, Matter of Theology, is because everyone has a theological view. Yes. Meaning, and I say that this way, everyone has a God, particular God, um, that they worship and that they derive their worldview from. Some mm -hmm. people ignorantly call assume that their God is Jesus of the Bible, the Christian God. And, and I'm probably going to step on some toes here, but a lot of times it's Republicans that think because they're Republican, they're Christian. Well, that's not the case. Okay. I, I, I've seen many Republicans that are nowhere near Christian, that don't possess a biblical worldview, that think America and, and the flag equal Christianity. That's not true. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, I've also seen people who, who are Democrats that claim to be Christians. Yet they support a party that supports the murder of babies right. and the uh, the perversion of of biblical marriage. Mm. Uh, so 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 you have it on both sides, right? Yeah. And then you have yeah. those in the middle. We'll we'll call them libertarians that say, "Hey, do whatever you want as long as it doesn't affect me," right? Well, I'm sorry, but the Christian doesn't fall in the the true biblical Christian does not fall in any of those categories. Come on. He, the true biblical Christian has to first derive his worldview from Scripture. Therefore, when you approach any situation, uh, uh, say politics, you need to view that through what Scripture says, right? So, so, and 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 you know, I'm going to be honest. Uh, what maybe 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago, I was heavy into politics. Uh, yeah. I loved politics. Oh yeah. Me too. Um, and I mean, I would just go to war with people and I thought, well, I'm the Christian, therefore I'm the Republican and I'm the conservative and I'm, the, you know, I'm not just conservative, I'm Reagan conservative, right? Because that's like <laughs> right. ultra right, right. conservative, right? But in all of these things, whatever it was I was talking about, I didn't even approach them with a biblical worldview. Mm. Um, I was approaching them through what my Bible at the time was, the Constitution, uh, that's what I made my Bible. So I wasn't viewing any situation through a biblical worldview. And, and let me tell you why. Uh, because to me at that time, America, the flag, and Republican equaled Christian. But that's not true. Amen. So, so whether I'm approaching any subject, right, it, it, I, I first have to approach it with a biblical worldview, which means yes. I have to go to the scriptures to see what it is that God says on certain issues. And then I take those issues and I apply them. So let's, let's bring up another example. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this an exercise for people. Okay. 
a lot of people will say that we need to close the borders to stop illegal immigration. But the Bible speaks on the topic of immigration. Now, I would challenge you to go study it on what it says about immigration and what you are to do for the sojourner. I'm going to leave that one there. I'm going to leave that as work for, for some of them to do. Love it. Love it. Um, <clears throat> so what's really funny is there's good. I, I know there's some people that are going to be like, well, that's your interpretation. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> no, <laughs> let's learn some hermeneutics and then let's apply that. But in, in all these, and I say this because we're coming, we're, this is an election year. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. We're we're one month. I mean, this is October first. We're recording this. Right. We right. One right. Month away from electing, uh, yeah. e either re-electing a president or electing a new president. And uh -huh. and okay, let me tell you, <laughs> neither one of these candidates are Christian. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, when you have one president that said that that says, "I have nothing to repent for," well, the he doesn't understand the Christian walk because the Christian walk is one that is built on a consistency of repenting of your sins and continually submitting your life to Christ. Um, and then you have another candidate that I, you know, he doesn't even know what planet he's on. So, uh, so let me, let me, let me, that. <laughs> let me, uh, let me, let me, let me walk it back just, just a second. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I, and, and, and brother, I, I agree. Right. Um, the theology, Theology is a word that intimidates some. However, it, it, it should not. You know, some say doing theology is a waste of time, and it's not for me. It's not. Um, well, you I, do I mean, it in everything that you do. You just exactly well. That you're doing it. absolutely. Dr. R. C. Sproul wrote a book. Everyone's a theologian. Yeah. Um. You know. So. 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 Just walking back real quick. Um. Uh, and again, this is this is not meant to be a, a defense of Donald Trump. Uh, oh, no, please, no. Please, please, please hear me on that. I'm, yeah, I'll he, go on the record and say I don't he like. He did Donald say Trump. that. I don't like. I don't like right. Joe Biden. <laughs> right, right. He did say that. Um, however, that was years ago. Uh, uh, I, I will say was. that's true. I, I, I will say it's very concerning that his spiritual advisor is a known heretic, and Paula White. No, all of his spiritual advisors. He's got multiple. Oh, okay. See, I didn't. There, there's several, and guess what? They're all prosperity gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now what's good is he has. He actually has had a phone conversation with Dr. John MacArthur. So one can yes. only hope that, right. that more conversations right. will happen uh, through what's going on at Grace and Jenna Ellis uh, being being Grace's attorney as well. But um, you know, going back to to what we're talking about, our topic. You know, our, our podcast, just like Drew said, is called Matter of Theology. Um, and has, as someone who likes to know what words mean and in an effort to, uh, to kind of lay some groundwork and, uh, for our listeners, um, is, is, you know, I, I think it would be good to Drew, just like you said, man, define, define some terms. I mean, maybe, maybe you're listening to the show for a while. Maybe you've been listening to the show for a while and you've never thought about the word theology. You know, you just kind of, you know, uh, yeah, okay. Reading the Bible. Um, but what does it mean? How does it apply to me? You know, in our intro, um, after the intro, uh, you know, Drew usually says, um, he kind of, he changed it up this time, yeah. but he usually says, you know, quote, welcome to Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is, and then he pauses, I love that, a matter of theology. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm Drew, your host, I'm here with my co, you know, and so, but you may or may not be asking, 
um, uh, this question, but we need to remember what theology is. So um, just just taking like a 30,000 foot overview of this, um, and Drew kind of, uh, you know, already mentioned it a little bit, but but you don't find the word theology in the scriptures, mm-hmm. okay? The closest thing that we find to it would be uh, the phrase, the oracles of God or the utterances of God found in passages like 1 Peter 4.11 that says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God, whoever serves is to do so as one serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Then you got Romans 3, 2. Great in every aspect, first of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God. Hebrews 5, 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk, not solid food. So the term theology itself, it, it finds its origins from the Greek word theologia, theologia excuse me, meaning, the wor- meaning words or speech about God. Augustine, and I know Chris Wisenhunt will appreciate this, um, would go on to say that theology is, quote, an account or explanation of the divine nature, period, close quote. Uh, In his article written for Tabletop Magazine in May of 2018, entitled The Simplicity of God, Dr. James Dolezal penned these words. He said this, quote, theology is the study of God and of creatures in their relation to him. So everyone does theology. And we've already said this, whether they realize it or not, uh, it, it really comes down to whether your theology is true or false. And if our goal as his children, and it should be to know him, if we profess to love him, profess faith in him, our, our desire and our goal should be to know him that, so that we may worship him in spirit and in truth. And that, of course, is from John 4. So how can we do this if we do not know who he is? How can we obey his commands if we do not know what those commands are? So I I love this definition of theology by Dr. Joel Beakey. He said this, quote, we may define theology as the authoritative knowledge and wisdom revealed in God's word concerning God so that we may joyfully live unto him through Jesus Christ, period, close quote. And so we must remember that the doctrine we study, the theology that we proclaim, is not and never should be based on anything that we manufacture, but that it comes completely from him. That's what makes it authoritative. Christ himself models this for us in John chapter 7, starting in verse 16. He said this, so Jesus answered them and said, my teachings are not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Drew, what you got, man? Uh, I concur. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, those, I mean, mean, because you gave several definitions, right? And also uh, they apply. Uh, 
and it, it, we just need we need to keep that keep that in mind. And as Christians, uh, both possessing and professing, right. uh, we need to engage in theology. Yes. And, and we need to understand that we're engaging in theology. Uh, it, it, it's necessary because in doing that, it helps shape how we live our life. Mm. Because a lot of people, uh, they just think going to church on Sunday, you know, and, and things like that make them a Christian. And then, you know, the rest of the week, they're, they're not doing anything. They're not, they're not reading their Bibles. They're not raising their kids in the way of, of the Lord. Mm. Uh, they're, they're coming, they go to work, they come home, they watch TV, they go to bed, they go, the, the cycle starts over the next day. Right. All the way until Sunday when they wake up, go to church, come home, watch football, go to bed, eat, you know, eat, go to bed, and, and then do everything the same. Um, so, Understanding theology and engage, engaging in theology on the regular, uh, on a regular basis, helps to shape our lives and helps uh, guide us in how we should live. Because if God is clear in how He has revealed Himself uh, in Scripture, then we need to be knowing who he is because this is yes. a relationship right it's it, yes the yes. christian walk is is a relational one with with god now uh, if you're in a relationship with your wife it does no good for your marriage if you only give her lip service on sundays right you just right. you say oh hey babe i love you you know we're going to spend an hour together and then you go your separate ways until next sunday it doesn't work that way. You're constantly engaging with your wife. You're talking to her. You're you're serving her, right? You, you, you're you're helping. Uh, you're growing together. That, and ultimately, because that's a reflection of the gospel. That's, that's right. what we're to be living. But that's also how we are to be in communion with God. Mm -hmm. uh, we 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 can't serve a God we don't know. And most of, most people don't serve God at all. Because right. you, because they don't serve him because they don't know what he requires of them, mm -hmm. uh, and so we need to take all the definitions that you just gave, and I really love the one by Joel Beakey that you said helps us serve Jesus right yeah. live in yeah. a way that serves and worships Jesus. We need to take that and we need to actually apply that to our lives so that we can serve and worship Jesus and and. And I'm just going to, I'm going to throw some ways out and we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know, serve yeah. Jesus in the way that you spend your money, serve mm -hmm. Jesus in the way that you raise your kids and spend time with them, Amen. serve Jesus in the way that you work, serve Jesus in the way that you drive, serve Jesus mm -hmm. in the way you go to the grocery store, serve Jesus in the way that you go to church, Right, 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 uh, right. Because church has become so mundane to people in routine that it's just another day. We just add going to church on top of it. Serve Jesus in the way you eat your food, right? It, it was Paul Washer uh, that I first heard uh, say, when was the last time you ever took a drink of water to the glory of God? Woo. Right. And, and let's think about how theology plays into this. We live, we're, we're blessed to live in a country where we have clean water in taps, 
right? You can, you can go to a water faucet, fill it up, fill up a glass with water and drink it without worry that there's going to be uh, parasites and stuff that, that infect your body. That, that, will, kill you, you. that yeah. will kill you. That is a blessing, right? <laughs> that is a gift. <laughs> Most people don't think of that as a gift. Right. And so, <laughs> so we take those things for granted with, without ever even giving thanks to God. Like we, we thank God for our foods, for foods, for our food here in the South when, when we eat and pray. But, all, but how much of that is just lip service? I was just about to say that, man. How much of that is we just do it because that's how we were raised to do it? Right, right. It, we don't actually think about the food that's being provided. It's all of, right. Yeah, we, we don't, we don't, it's all of grace, right? It's all of grace. It's all of grace. Everything we have all is of, of grace. grace. not olive grace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and so where do we get that mentality? How do we, how do we know where to think and to feel that way? It's, 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 it's the study of, it's the re we're talking about reason earlier, right? Mentioning voice of reason, but it's, it's using our minds, right? The reason Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Mm -hmm. uh, using our minds to inform our emotions, and to thank God for every moment that we have, you know, and, and uh, I, I once heard a, a pastor kind of say it like this. He's like, well, you know, and along the same lines as Paul Washer, when was the last time that you just stopped and just went, oh, thank you for that one? Yeah. Thank you for that one too. You know, I mean, it was just where you're taking it literally one breath at a time. And uh, when you were talking, man, I, I, I thought about Colossians three and, and uh, I've, I've, man, I've been living in Colossians uh, lately. And, but when, when Paul in, in verse 16 of chapter three says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. So notice how uh, verse 16 starts, let the word of Christ dwell, richly dwell in you. Um, and, and then so you think about that starts there. And that right there is 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 a firm root. If you listen to our last episode where we where we exposited Colossians 2, um, you know, you go back and check that out. But there's a firm root to to give us the fuel that we need to do what verse 17 says. Whatever you do in word and in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever means whatever, everything, all that you do, uh, let it be to his glory. So going back to that Joel Beakey quote, you know, he says, we may, we, we, we may define theology as the authoritative mm-hmm. knowledge the authoritative part is that it comes from scripture, right. it comes from the mind of Christ, right. which we've been given. Hello, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's the one that penned this through human authors. The authoritative knowledge and wisdom revealed in God's word concerning God so that we may joyfully live unto him through Jesus Christ. Now, we don't just mean from an academic sense. Obviously, you know, we were talking about CBI earlier. Mm-hmm. And, 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 of course, theology is the study, right? The, 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 the study of God. And, and uh, I think back to that uh, Dr. James Zolzal quote, the study of God and of creatures in their relation to him. 
But this isn't just an academic sense. It's in a whole life sense, mm -hmm. right? Here's another quote from Dr. Beakey. Quote, the work of learning true theology is more than an intellectual enterprise. It requires faith in Christ, submission to God's will, and pursuit of God's glory. Right? We see Paul modeling that for us in Philippians chapter 3. He says, he says this, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value. Listen to the words Paul's using of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, dung, excrement, so that all of that, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain the resurrection of the dead. What you got, man? Yeah. So kind of going back to, uh, you know, what, how do we arrive at the mentality that we do today? Right. The people who are just lazy, I'll say it. It's, it's just a lazy mentality. How do we arrive there? Well, because our minds, and, and this is also going back to where you said we need to, we need to be engaging our minds. Yeah. Uh, everything first comes through our minds. Um, it it yeah. comes yeah. from our minds being influenced by the culture. And we seek to turn off our mind and sit in front of the TV and consume entertainment. I heard Leonard Ravenhill say this. He said, do you know why you need entertainment? You only need entertainment when you've grown bored with Christ. Ouch. And that should hit every single one of us. Because I can guarantee you that none of us have exhausted what scripture has to say about Christ to Absolutely any. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. And so there is no way that we should that we can profess to be Christians and, and yet grow bored with Christ and need, mm. need other entertainment. You know, I was, uh, the other day I was um, with a group of uh, another group of guys and we were, we were doing a Bible study and a lady walked up and she, she just, you know, she professed to be a Christian and she's, she's talking and I'm just, I'm just listening. And, and she says, you know, you guys get deep into this. And I said, I said, yeah, we do. And she goes, you know, why? And I, I just said, well, wow. as a Christian, why would I want to do anything other? Right. Mm. Why would I want to do anything other than the word of God and then meet with other men to discuss the word of God? Right. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's just, uh, and, and now listen to me, I don't want to say that there's not time, um, uh, where, where, it's not bad for you to just sit down and just kind of tune out for a little bit, sure. right? Just kind of relax, uh, uh, you know, let the stress fall off and stuff like that. Why, sure, sure. You no, know, I love football, you know, so I'm not coming down on anyone that, 
that, that likes to watch football. I love, you know, watching college football. Um, and, and I like watching TV shows and things like that, but we have to be disciplined. We have to be disciplined to say, I'm not going to let that take the place of studying scripture. I'm not going to let that have first priority because yeah, it's great that I can quote every line from the office, although it's, it's really not great, but, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's cool if you go to a party and you can, and that's like one of the things to win a prize. Great. You know, congratulations, but that shouldn't come before knowing God. Well, and, and yes, and ultimately, and this is, this is also an ouch for all of us. We shouldn't give license to and, and, and value to by our support, our laughter, uh, to anything to which, uh, that, that, that sent Christ to the cross. Let me just, let me just right. say that. Um, um, but, but brother, what an absolutely amazing thought from Leonard Ravenhill. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're right, man. It's, it's, it's great every now and then to unplug, to, um, not, you know, uh, to, to let the brain rest, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, right. All of life to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I mean, there's so, th there's so many distractions out there. There's so, uh, th there's so much deception, especially right now, um, out there. It, it's, it's, you know, you want to know how to be discerning. You want to know how to be able to, uh, tell the difference between right and almost right, um, or right and wrong even. Um, then the way to do that is to labor as a theologian. Um, realize that, that all of life is spiritual and, and you, you should be laboring, um, as a theologian, not, not because it's, it's a, um, uh, you know, something you check off and not because it's something that, um, you think is going to earn favor with God and not because it's just like, well, I have to do this because I have to do this. It's, this should be a desire of yours. Mm -hmm. You know, you should, you should desire to study theology. And the reason, um, the reason that we do that is because we remember, uh, you know, the, the theology, the, the theology that we study is, is, is what informs our hearts. It's what, it's what brings us encouragement. It's what, it's what reminds us of what Christ has done on the cross and why that's important. Um, that, that, that is crucial. That is absolutely crucial. Um, so brother, that was, that, that was fantastic, man. That was, that was fantastic. Um, and you know that that should be the you know the the driving force behind our studying theology to as as Paul said in Philippians three to 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 know and to be known uh, by God through Christ and and for Him to be the most precious thing in the world to us and and uh, I mean ch check out this quote from John Owen. Uh, in his book, Biblical Theology, the History of Theology from Adam to Christ, he said this, quote, Evangelical theology has been instituted by God in order that sinners may once again enjoy communion with God himself, the all-holy one. The ultimate end of true theology is the celebration of the praise of God and his glory and grace in the eternal salvation of sinners. And again, that was John Owen from his book, Biblical Theology, the History of Theology from Adam to Christ. And so therefore, our, our study of theology must be done 
in, in fear and reverence and humility and love that is springing out and springing up from the faith that has been firmly rooted and planted in us by and through Jesus Christ himself. And of course, that's Colossians 2 that we just uh, that we just got done expositing. What, what you got, man? Yeah, you, you mentioned talking about approaching this with a right uh, fear of God, fear and reverence of God. And really, I think that centers around the, the, the whole issue of people not wanting to do theology centers around that. It centers around they don't have a fear of God because they have a false view of God. Because a lot of times, you know what you hear when you, when you talk to people about right and wrong theology and things like that, uh, you hear, oh, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, that he should, does. That should scare you. That should scare you. That should yeah. terrify you. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. So it's just, we've made God almost this uh, very passive, very weak, uh, very just all grace, no wrath. Mm. Uh, deity that's just a little bit bigger than us and he affirms all the same things that we affirm uh and he likes all the same things we like you know he would skip church to to arrive you know early to the braves game and whatever you know well which i have issue with that because i can't tell you how many times i've been to services where people will show up late to the service but they'll leave early in order to get there to a ball game or something um that just all that is is an outward display of where your true worship is. Come on, man. Um, Come on. And we place our worship in the wrong thing. Why? Because we don't understand who God is because we don't read scripture. We don't study scripture. You know, you said something right there. You know, we, we, we think that God is all grace and no wrath. And, and, and again, this is one of the reasons why you need to study theology because you cannot separate uh, any characteristics or attributes of God from God himself. That's right. He is immutable. He never changes. Um, and, and, and so that, is, that goes directly against the doctrine of the simplicity of God. Mm-hmm. It, trying to separate and say, well, God knows my heart. God's all of grace and not of wrath. Well, again, that just goes back to you don't know your God. But by uh, to quote, you know, founders and Dr. Tom Askell, by what standard are you saying that? Mm -hmm. Because that is nowhere in the scriptures, right? Nowhere. Um, and and yeah, Yeah, we had the Old Testament God and he was mad, and then in the New Testament, he's (sighs) it's all grace. Well, yeah, no matter what your view of revelation is, uh, (laughs) revelation still came after the New Testament, bro, uh, bro, and he still displays his wrath. So, uh, just chew on that one for a little bit. Well, and you know, amen, brother. Amen. I mean, you hear, uh, there are so many objections to studying theology. And I think the one that you're kind of talking about right now, I think is one of the biggest ones that we've seen in today is, is the objection of pragmatism. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, uh, that, that ultimately it's all about building, uh, the, the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean the invisible church. I mean, the visible church that you go to. Um, and, and, and again, I mean, we say this a lot on matter of theology that, uh, and, and I know we, we rail against pastors and we rail against elders. Well, you know, there's so many out there right now that just, man, just get back to the basics or sit down, mm-hmm. sit down. And, and, and to quote Dr. John MacArthur, go, go home with Beth Moore, go, go home. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, go do something else. 
uh, because obviously, obviously, based on the fruit that I'm seeing, God has not called you to shepherd his flock. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're putting yourself in that position. And again, to quote Paul Washer, you are adulterating the church. You are, you are dressing her up as a whore. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing when that's the mm-hmm. bride of Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. And we see this lack of desire um, uh, for studying theology, this, this lack of desire from, uh, of studying the Bible. It all stems first from the pulpit. Because that's where pragmatism is, is spewed. Uh, it, it comes from the pulpit. So you have uh, pastors and, and other elders that uh, that take up residence behind the pulpit, and then they teach everything but scripture. They teach everything but theology, but who God is. Or they'll they'll take one thing, what we'll say one attribute, and they'll magnify that as though that were the only attribute of God, and then they the people take that and then they just seek to apply it any way that they want uh, as though all the other attributes uh, do not exist. So a lot of the problem that we see comes from the pulpit from people, like you said, who really should just go home uh, because they have no business being up there. They don't know how to rightly divide the word. They don't know how to properly teach uh, on these things. And what it's really doing, like you just said, is it's prostituting, uh, the gospel. It's, it's, it's leading these people. Uh, they feel like they're getting fed, right? But what are they getting fed with? Uh, they're getting fed with a lot of hot air, uh, a lot of nothing. And they're just going to be hungry again, 10 minutes later. Right. So, I mean, it's right. Right. And, and, you know, and again, I said this earlier, not, notwithstanding the command that we have, because we do, you know, Christian, you have a command. You are commanded to be a theologian. Uh, you are commanded to be a child of God. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think about my son. I love it that my son knows me. I love it that, that I mean, he's, he's, he's getting to the age now to where he's picking up on those little idiosyncrasies about me that only the people closest to me would notice and know. And he'll, he'll call them out or he'll emulate them, which is even scarier. And so... But why would you not want to know your father? Right. Why would you not want to know? Why would you not want to have the mind of Christ, as Paul says in Corinthians? Why? Mm-hmm. So, so, but then I, I flipped that and I asked the pastor, it's like, you, do you understand that you will be held accountable mm-hmm. for the souls of those that God puts in your charge? Do you understand that, that this is a noble task? This is the highest calling in God's court, which you that should scare that? them. <laughs> like the one, like we, we read in Psalm 33 that he is the star breather. So, so do, do you, do you understand this when you are, you know, I had somebody say to me once after our episode on reckless love, reckless worship had a very, very heated conversation with someone who did not like what we said. Um, Oops. Um, and so, so it's, 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 he, he would, he would say things, uh, you know, he would say things like, I mean, all the same things that we're talking about tonight, this person was, 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 was very, very heated and didn't, um, you know, didn't understand why it was such a big deal. It's just a song. We should just cut them a break and, and we should just not, not worry about it. And they're just immature and, uh, all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> you don't understand. Hashtag, you, I, do you read your Bible? <laughs> Yes. Yes. You know, 
Um, and I, I mean, we, we've been accused of making an idol out of our Bibles, which, you know, people have accused Dr. John MacArthur of that. So I think we're in good company there, bro. Yeah. Um, and but it's like, well, do, then do what, you... I mean, what am I supposed to do then? Like, yeah, right. you know, like, <laughs> like oh, you, you're just making an idol out of your Bible. OK, so now what am I supposed to turn to? Like, right, right. What are you leaving me with? Am I just supposed to, you, you know, live on hopes and dreams now, you know, and let that guide me? Like, what's the point of even saying that? Well, and, and exactly, exactly. So, so I would, I would remind those, those who are, are, are called to shepherd, put in, put in positions where they, they are, they are shepherding uh, and, and they are leading. Um, if you're, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a leader in a business, uh, wherever you are realize but but especially especially to pastors okay you've been commanded this isn't an option and the one who psalm 33 i mean listen to these words okay by the word of the lord the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts he didn't lift a finger to breathe stars into existence and he has called you to shepherd and take care of and and nurture and protect and equip and provide for his bride what yeah i mean Why? go back to you know you go to is it second timothy 316 i think the training up in righteousness yeah right which is that's a that that's something pastors are to do train their people up in righteousness uh but we don't see that coming from the majority of pulpits like your command is to train them teach them prepare them prepare them why wh why would you give them anything else why would you mm. coddle them right why would you puff them up why would you why would you give them uh false assurance rather than give them the true assurance right you know and and i heard uh someone one time i was this was a couple of years ago i was having a conversation about you know why a certain pastor doesn't teach on the theological topics that are in the verses that he quotes he'll do right he'll quote a passage and then just completely veer off of the context and go all the way into left field and make some bogus application and you know i just said Andy well, stanley no no uh but uh that's funny. sorry sorry but uh I, I said well why doesn't he like teach on these theological topics and that would have been great for the congregation to hear right. um this because it's very applicable uh and the response was well they're just lay people right they wouldn't understand that and i go if you treat people like like they're lay and you continue to treat them like they're lay, they're always going to be lay people. They won't grow. They, they, they won't know what it means to be trained up in righteousness. Uh, they're always going to be children in need of milk. They're never going to grow and, and be able to eat solid food. Right. Yeah, brother. I mean, that, that, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, um, it it fires me up, and I mean, it does it does produce uh, an an indignant uh, emotion in me because it's you've been given the highest calling, and and you're squandering it because you're seeking for the approval of men instead of God. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Uh, you are doing exactly what Paul reprimanded the the Church of Galatia not to do. 
Um, and, and then, and then what happens, right? And then you see what's going on today when you have a, a new religion that has has just been thrust through the forefront of everyone's uh, phone screens and TV screens, in, in the religion of Black Lives Matter and the religion of critical race theory and, and and intersectionality, and 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 then now you have churches and believers who cannot properly defend themselves. Or let me back up. They can't defend the scriptures, which the scriptures need defense. But but you can't you you can't give a defense for the hope that you have. Right. Because and then and then what do you have? Right. Then you've got God's people that haven't been equipped and you refuse to do so. Instead, you're going to bring people on stage and talk about white supremacy and white fragility and everything else instead of going, no, this is what the scriptures teach about race and ethnicity. This is what the scriptures teach about partiality or impartiality and judgment. And this is why we will not we must not be partial to anyone in any way. And, and we're going to attack the root of the issue, the heart of the matter, which is the human heart, which is sin. That's how you approach that. You don't look at someone and go, well, I have no idea what it's like to be a black man. Sorry, I can't help you. You give them the word. You give them the word of God. Don't stand there and tell me you believe in its infallibility and inerrancy and, 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 and sufficiency when, when then you're not going to act on that. Don't, don't do that. You know, I, I, I want to read a passage of scripture, Isaiah 66. Thus says the Lord, starting verse one, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus, all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Some things stood out to me there. Um, and I don't have the text in front of me. Um, it's actually sitting right here by me. <laughs> but, uh, and we, we, we've, we've heard this, this is in a couple different passages, right? The earth is the footstool of God. Now, there's obviously God doesn't have feet, so that that's what right. we would call an anthropomorphism. Uh, it's an attribute of a it, it's tributing a human uh, element to God in order for us Correct. to to have an image of of what that looks like. Correct. Now the footstool. The, there's purpose. It, it, notice it doesn't say the headrest, right? Um, right. It, it's the footstool, As, especially at the time when this was written. The feet are the dirtiest place of the body, right? They don't have they don't have boots, right? They don't have they don't have tennis shoes and sneakers. They've got sandals. Mm. That's what they have, and that is the dirtiest place of of the body. Right. Um, and and he says, heaven is my throne. Mm. Heaven's my throne. Earth is not my throne. That's right. Earth is my footstool. And let me tell you what, I'm the one that crafted it all. Come on. I mean, and then that takes me back to uh, God as the potter and us as the clay That's and right. making some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Romans. 
but yet he takes the earth, that which is his footstool, and he takes those out of the earth and makes it makes them for honorable use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was just something that that stood that popped into my mind as you as you were reading that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, so you know, uh, I think it just kind of kind of wrapping up. Um, uh, you know, that there are a couple of passages of scripture that I wanted to just wrap up with. Uh, one of the, and, and they're both in Psalm, in the book of Psalms. So, uh, Psalm 1 How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Notice how it, it grows there. There's a crescendo of, 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 of the path of wickedness. First, you, you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked, but then you don't slow down to stand in the path of the sinners, and then you don't park and sit in the seat of scoffers. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. And its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Psalm 19. Psalm 19, starting in verse 7, says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults, right? The the, the sins you didn't know that you're committing, right? Uh, And and I want to be careful with that because no one unwillfully sins. Mm -hmm. But you may have sinned and didn't know that it was a sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then verse 13, also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins, sins of commission and omission. We see that right there. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. And then one more section here. Psalm 119. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. You have commanded your testimonies in righteousness and exceeding faithfulness. My zeal has consumed me because my adversaries have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. That's Psalm 119, 137 through 140. What you got, man? Um, uh, I think it, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was in Psalm 119 where God says he holds his word above his own name. Um, uh, yes, it is. I can't remember where it is, though. Uh, it's it, it's early. It's towards the front somewhere. Uh, it might be oh. verse two or something like that. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I know I, I it, when I was talking about the earth being God's footstool, I know it seemed like 
you know, I was, I was coming down on us a little bit, but we also have to remember that, uh, we are, uh, wretched, uh, dirty, wicked sinners. Uh, and while, uh, when David was penning that Psalm, while the feet are still the dirtiest place of the body, God's feet are not, uh, they are the cleanest and the most holiest that we could ever bow down before. That's right. Um, ones that we're not even worthy enough to, as John the Baptist would say, uh, undo the sandal or tie the sandal. Mm. Um, but at the same time, even being God's footstool is a grace. Uh, it is, it's a, it's a privilege. It's something we don't even deserve, uh, right. to be that, uh, right. yet, yet we are, uh, Amen. in that place. Um, so I want to say that, but, uh, theology, uh, you know, you said we're wrapping up theology is important, um, for our lives, uh, because it creeps into every aspect of That's our right. lives. It creeps into uh, how we make decisions on a daily basis that, that we really don't even think about, um, but that we really should. Mm. Um, and especially heading into a political uh, election, uh, all of our decisions need to, be, need to be viewed through the lens of the biblical worldview of who God is. Um, I mean, and I'm going to, and I'll probably catch flack for saying this too. Um, but I mean, Hey, what else is new, right? Uh, (laughs) America, while I, while man, we have no influence. It's okay. We have no influence. That's right. Um, I, I'm, I think we're blessed to live in, in America. Uh, if you, if you, if you live in America, uh, you should be thanking the Lord. Um, yes, that you're not under communist reign. That's right. right? Uh, that you're not in some of these places that are heavily dictator run where you could just lose your life, uh, just because, you know, they wanted you to. Um, but if you're in America, you're very blessed. Yeah. And, but at the same time, America is just a nation that can rise and fall like any other. And one of the things that I'm afraid of is that we, what we see is a lot of resemblance to the Roman empire Mm. before the Roman empire became no more. Um, So what I would strongly encourage people is to stand firm on God's word. Don't just engage in political debate, just to engage in political debate because you think you're right. Engage in political debate through the biblical worldview. That's right. And in your debate, take everything back to scripture. That's right. Take it back to the gospel so that the people you're talking to understand that these are biblical issues we need to be discussing. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. The murder of babies isn't what mm. what makes me uh, quote unquote Republican, right? I have to register right. for uh, you know you got to register for a side. That's just the one I registered for. Uh, but that makes you a Christian, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, no, no. Standing against abortion makes oh, you a Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, standing against abortion doesn't make me Republican. It makes me Christian. Um. So. I need to make sure that I'm, if I'm fighting against abortion, I'm not fighting for it just because it's 
my team, right? Mm. My political team. I need to fight for it because that's a person created in the image of God that's being murdered. Yeah. When I uh, talk about, you know, tax cuts, right? There's a specific reason why I'm for tax cuts, even tax cuts of big corporations. Why? Because their corporations and, and business owners, they're the ones that supply jobs to people who make it possible for those people to provide for their families. And the more money that they get to keep that the government doesn't take means the more money they get to push out to people. It means they can hire more people. It means they can give more raises. It means they can promote more people, right? So there's, and what does that do? That helps people be able to biblically provide for their family by putting a roof over their head, right? If they decide to homeschool, you know, they can homeschool, right? You know, all these little things that we we argue over, but we don't Mm. actually bring it back to scripture and say, this is actually a matter of theology. And we need to think about it in such. So when I talk about like tax breaks for whoever, I'm going, yes, tax breaks are good. Why? Because unjust taxation is theft, um, which is a whole other issue as well. That's also a theological issue. Um, But it helps me get more money in order to be able to help provide for my family. Right. Uh, so there's there's all kinds of theological issues that we need to be discussing and not just discussing because I'm on this team or on that team. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's rather it's because I hold to God's word and this is what God's word says. Now, let that be be my foundation and be my starting point for wh- whatever I talk about. Right. Um, it, I mean, that social justice issues, whatever it may be. Healthcare. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, brother. Absolutely. And I think, uh, brother, amen. Amen, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't even have notes tonight, man. <laughs> I know, bro. I know I had, I had some, but, uh, but then, but then they, they ran out. Um, and you know, see, even, see, even Daryl and Virgil need notes for their freestyle. We don't <laughs> tell, you know, when you, when you talk to Virgil, tell him that. <laughs> All right, man. I'll tell, I'll tell Daryl that next time I talk to him. Um, uh, man, I, I thought it would be kind of cool, uh, you know, being as just what you said, just kind of piggybacking on that, man, uh, just to, just to, just to wrap up and, um, you know, some may say, well, well, you know, scripture doesn't apply here. Um, some may say that, uh, wrong uh, fake news. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. We need to hurry and end this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and you know, but I just, I just wanted to share this with you, right? Uh, this is, this is, this is second Peter. Uh, start in verse two. No, no, no. Let me back up. Verse one, because this is good. Simon Peter, a a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind of as ours, by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious 
and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in perseverance, godliness, and in godliness, brotherly kindness, and in brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor fruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Period. So, with that, we are going to say, see you later. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Yes, I just said that. I'm a dad. Winnie the Pooh references happen. Um, Drew's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, so, hey, we, we appreciate you listening and hanging on with us. Uh, we appreciate every one of you guys. Uh, if you are on uh, Patreon, we are on, are on Patreon. Please uh, help us out. Subscribe, support. Uh, we do have special content for our Patreon subscribers. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, we appreciate you guys. Love you guys. If we can be praying for you in any way, please reach out. We are on all the socials. You can email us uh, anything you need to. Drew, you got anything? Nope. I think I've said plenty. Yeah. We are out. Bye. Later.